0: Thank you for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you are looking for. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and this week I'm talking about coachability to be able to be coached, to trust in your coach, and to follow a process. So I follow a bunch of pages on Instagram and other social media that have coaches. Uh, I know there's a bunch of interviews where Gino Auriemma, the Yukon women's coach, will come up and talk about his recruiting process and how he could care less if you can shoot and if you can pass. Obviously, you need the skill sets, but he wants to find the person that's showing up to practice early, that's staying late, that's hustling, and he's going to set a team by that. Um, so a lot of these are going to reference with team sports, but it also works for individual sports. And obviously, I talk a lot about sports and athletics, but that same drive to be productive and to do well in what you do can work in, in any field. Um, there's a great scene in the movie Miracle, which is the true story about the U.S. national team beating Russia in the Olympics in ice hockey. And there's a scene where they said, you, you don't even have the best players. And he says, I don't want the best players. I want the right players. Uh, I coach, a, obviously, a bunch of athletes with archery now. And I have one that, in just their second year, they improved by 145 points in a tournament. So one year later, I a mean, big difference. Um, very coachable. I mean, this person has coaching experience as well. So usually if you know how to do something, you know how to accept something being done to you. Um, so that might help the process, but very coachable, uh, listens, executes, works on stuff, doesn't fight it. Um, I mean, I say this all the time that as a coach, as a personal trainer, I am not going to tell you anything that you can't find on Google. I mean that's a big difference between what we had back in the 80s and 90s when I was playing sports in school and and learning stuff. We didn't have that resource. We had I mean, the Encyclopedia Britannica, but it wasn't what you have on Google. Now you can go on to Google. You can go on YouTube. You can find videos of, I mean, if you're a soccer player, you can go and look up Ronaldo and Messi and learn their moves. You can go up, look up Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and learn their moves and take them to the court. So kids these days, even adults these days, have such an advantage over my generation from back in the 80s and 90s where we don't have this resource right in our hands. The problem is being able to apply it. I was just recently talking to another trainer in the gym and we were just talking about stuff and she asked if uh, what I was doing for my workout plan and I told him, it's actually a program that I bought. It's like, you know how to train, you know how to work with others, but it's tough to train yourself. And another trainer, my friend, that I, I rock climb with, She goes into the gym and she is very random. It's whatever she feels like doing for that particular day. She knows that's not the best way to do it. She knows you're better off following a schedule, following a routine, following a program. But it's hard for her to do to herself. So being coachable, working with your coach, trusting your coach, it definitely makes a big difference. So for me, taking a pre-made program, following it to a T... That's what works best for me and don't get me wrong i'll break off it and i i do have my own programs that i've written and i've worked on those for three six nine weeks at a time depending um or i'll take some of these pre-done workouts and then i'll go and do something else for three weeks and then i'll go back to another program but again being able to work with someone when you find that someone you work with and you're successful and it's it's not always easy to find a, a good match I've seen so many times where athletes will leave coaches um, thinking they'll be better off with another coach, and it doesn't work out. Uh, I know when I coached the youth leagues for soccer, um, this was just a town rec league. It was not a premier team. It was not a travel team, um, just rec, uh, co-ed rec, U8, so 7- and 8-year-olds, 9- and 10-year-olds, and then 11, 12, and 13. They would allow the occasional 14-year-old to play. And that 14-year-old that can play was someone that wasn't good enough to make their high school team. They didn't want some kid that was a high school stud coming out and instead of playing high school, coming and beating up on all the little kids. So there were a couple moments where they would flex the rules and stuff. But for the most part, it was 11, 12, and 13, so you're middle school age. And we had a rule we played four quarters for soccer just for playing time purposes. And we had a rule that your best players do not play in the second period. So what that was was to allow the the less experienced kids the chance to to succeed. I personally didn't like that team. I feel or that rule. I feel that as a coach, you should blend the kids in throughout the game. You should let them all play together. So, I mean, don't just put all your good players in one period and all your less experienced or less skilled players in another quarter because then they don't get to, if you have two people that don't know what they're doing trying to work with each other, how are they ever going to learn to work with someone that knows what they're doing? Like I said, as a coach, I, I would have preferred everyone just gets the same amount of playing time and you blend them in. All right. And then if you did have a stronger player that needed to play in that second play- period, they had to play a defensive position. Because in the eyes of the league, in the eyes of the parents, in the eyes of I and mean, the, the board and the commissioner, your best player wasn't your best player. It was the big kid. It was the fast kid. It was the kid that can score the most goals. I'm, I, I never did basketball, but I'm sure it worked the same way. It was the kid that and was taller and faster and could shoot better um, so it wasn't necessarily the most skilled it was just the bigger kid that can push the little guys around so with that i i'd have cases where i had someone play with me for u8 so seven and eight year olds i had someone that would play with me with U u10 and a lot of coaches would let that that player, again, not in the second period, but in the first, third, or fourth period, take the ball and do whatever they want. Free reign. You don't need to hold your position. If I put you on the left and you want to run to the right, if I put you on defense and you want to run up top and score goals, I don't care as long as you score goals for my team and we win. I would not do that. I made sure if I put you on the right, you better stay on the right. If I put you on the left, you better stay on the left. Defense, offense, wherever I put you, you need to learn your position. My opening... Line to, to the new parents that would come, especially at that U13 level, and sorry for the background noise, um, was, Hi, my name's Coach Jay. I've coached high school for 15 years. I don't care about winning, and I'd see the jaws drop. So My job is to teach your kids how to play for the middle school level, which is where they are, and prepare them for the high school level. And that was my thing. You were going to learn. Now, we did not win many games in my U13 team but the kids learned the game. They knew how to play. Well, one of these kids that was allowed to run wherever he wanted decided to go to a coach at that U-13 level that would allow him to run and do whatever he wanted. He scored lots of goals in the league, and he was fine. So then, now that I joined the dark side and I referee high school soccer, uh, his freshman year, I was doing a JV game between two of the local schools And in this game, there was, I believe, six kids that I either coached or coached against. And most of them I coached either at U8, U10, or U13. So I coached them at one time or another. Like I said, I've seen them play for, I mean, five, six, seven years throughout that league. And at one point, this one particular kid gets on the field and looked like an absolute Darren headlights. No clue what to do because his parents thought it would be better to let him go play for a coach that let him run and score goals so they can go, ha-ha, look at my kid. He's the big-time goal scorer, but he never learned the game. And at the end of the game, I was parked on the side with the parents, and his parents and his grandparents were there. They saw me. They recognized me, and they said hi. And I said, hi. I said, a lot different than East Mountain, isn't it? And they're like, yeah, it's so much faster. I said, that's why I didn't care about winning. That's why my goal was to teach them the game. So, again, when you have a coach that is pushing you, is teaching you, is helping you get the progress and the progression and, and the success that you're after. Make sure you stay with that coach. And, and it goes well beyond I mean, the X's and the O's, the individual skill set. I and mean, I used to ask the coaches when I coached at the high school, if we divided coaching into three things. So this, again, would be more geared towards a team sport. What do you think you're the best at? Do you think you're best at the X's and the O's? So as a team, are we going to play an attacking game? Are we going to play a defensive game? Are we going to play possession? Are we going to play running gun? Whatever the case. Do you think your best skill set is teaching the individual skills of the sport? How to shoot, how to pass, how to hit a ball, how to catch a ball, whatever it is. Or do you think your best skill set is the locker room? You're sitting in the locker room before the game. It's David and Goliath, and we're not Goliath, but making the team think that we can go out and take the Giant down. Personally, I think my skill sets go X's and O's, locker room, and then individual skill set. And don't get me wrong, I can teach you the skills of soccer, skills of baseball, and now with archery, but that mental game is absolutely huge. And you can have a coach that can show you how to move, how to shoot a bow, how to pass a ball, how to hit a ball, how to catch, but if they don't connect with you on the mental game aspect, kind of like I talk about the health tripod, it's physical, mental, and emotional, you need a coach that can touch all three parts of that as well, and you need a connection, and some of the greatest coaches in the world don't work with the greatest athletes, and we talk all the time about, and, or you, you see it all the time, Cristiano Ronaldo, arguably one of the best soccer players in the world, and Jose Mourinho, a Portuguese coach that has literally won something in every European league out there, when is he going to take over the, the Portuguese national team? Well, they say probably not until Ronaldo is done because the two of them kind of butt heads. So you have one of the greatest Portuguese coaches and one of the greatest Portuguese players, and they're not going to put them on a team together because the chemistry might not be right. So just because you have a, a very coachable athlete and a very good coach doesn't mean they're necessarily going to work together. So when you do find that combination making a change would be just detrimental so when you find that coach whether you're an athlete or whether your child's an athlete when you find someone that works with them and really consider when you make those changes like I said I've seen it many times where athletes make changes um, similar to I and mean, something as simple as tuning my bow I and mean, the shop that I go to I and mean, has an Olympic gold medalist I know he absolutely knows how to tune a bow I would not doubt that he would do anything to disrupt the, the performance of my equipment. But the other coach, Coach Roxanne, who's there, she's the only one I want touching my bow. And not that Butch wouldn't know it, but Butch isn't. And now he's not really there much at all. But back when he was there, and kind of like the the chess piece of, of a knight will move on a chessboard. You can move up two and over one or over one and up two. You're going to get to the same spot but you're going to get there in different ways. I wanted the consistency, so I made sure the same person touched the bow all the time. Well, that's the same thing with coaching. You want that consistency. And same thing, if you're working on a team and you're getting individual coaching, having one of the coaches. If you're on this team, but you're getting coached from a coach somewhere else... They're going to be slightly conflicting. I know I have some athletes that go for private coaching to another coach, and I always say, okay, what did this coach work on with you? Because I want to reinforce what your private coach is doing. But there's a lot of times, like I said, connection is so big, and being coachable, accepting it. I've, I've had athletes that I was working with, and they were doing great, but then they go onto YouTube, and they see this video, or they read this thing, and all of a sudden, oh, well, this video said this, and this... Forum said to do it this way, and it's like, all right. Well, if you want to follow YouTube, then and follow YouTube, save yourself some money, and do do what's comfortable for you. And, and that's the thing. It's I again. I will never tell you anything you can't find on Google, on YouTube. But that connection, that accountability, is, is huge. Right? And like I said, I've talked to so many coaches themselves, personal trainers themselves, that have trouble coaching themselves because we don't have that accountability we need that person pushing us as well we need that person that checks in on us and makes sure we're doing our thing um, I have a, a very good friend who I'm with two times a week I mean, at this point we've been going for over a year and a half she could very easily go down into her basement grab the dumbbells she's been doing this long enough she knows two leg exercises, two chest exercises, two back exercises, and a couple arm exercises. She could work her way through it, but it's the accountability, making sure you go downstairs stairs and do it, and it's also the mental and emotional side. I mean, we're, we're good friends as well, so we'll sit and we'll talk, and um, I mean, she helped me. I mean, she's my unofficial life coach, and I'm kind of hers. We're, we're each other's biggest constant in the past five years. Uh, as friends have come and gone and people have given up, we, the two of us have been there for each other for a solid five years now. So it's so much more than just the workout. But that accountability, that that genuine care, and and that's one thing. I mean, I have pictures up uh, next to my computer of teams that I've coached and individual athletes that I've coached that have such a, a big space in my heart because I genuinely care about the athletes I've coached for. And then there's that handful that are really really mean a lot to me and like i said being coachable finding that coach you connect with and and sticking with it because it's beyond the x's and o's it's beyond the form and the physical aspect of what you're doing so make sure you find someone that that you connect with and really consider before you make changes because those connections are hard to come by and and when you have them you definitely want to hold on to them so let's keep moving forward and i'll see you next week Shift Mindset podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While the suggestions, strategies, and practices we have given have been proven successful for our personal use as well as clients we have worked with, these recommendations should not supersede instructions given by any licensed professionals, including but not limited to your primary care physician and mental health professionals. Thank you.